Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Our picks of the week, DraftKings picks of the week for today coming in for you. We got uh, we got two non-hockey ones because, you know, hockey in North America, at least NHL hockey, is is all wrapped up for a hot minute. So we had to go other routes. AJ sticking to his uh, his sport of tennis for this one. I mean, look, anytime you have Nadal on clay, it's hard to bet against that. Yeah, and with a <clears throat> with a nine to one head to head record against Schwartzman, uh, I'm feeling Nadal. I mean, it's all the all the chips are, are are on his side, so it just feels like I'm. Thanks for the free money. And you get good money plus one twenty to take him in straight sets. So if you have that much yeah. faith in him, why not? I I do. Although their last matchup is the one that Schwartzman actually won. So so the, you know minor concern there, but might be might be might be why this bet is available in the first place. <laughs> Indeed, uh, my bet is not one that I think many of you will expect. But well, maybe you'll expect it, but you won't know it. I am taking Rogue to beat Innovation in the GSL, plus 115. A little bit of a dog to Innovation, understandable. Innovation is one of the best Terrans out there. but Yeah, well, and Eno's been so good over the last six months. Yeah, uh, but... And that, and that meta is, I mean... You know I got to represent, though. Yeah, of course. For the right team. Always going for the swarm. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand Zerg players. That's okay. You don't have to understand it. You just have to like it when I win myself some money. So it's not going to happen. You're throwing money away. It, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure innovation can get over the finish line. But I, I tell you, if it was if it was dark, I would probably be with you. But Rogue is <laughs> any given day, man. I just don't trust that dude. That's somewhat fair. Either way, if you want to bet on StarCraft, tennis, any other sport under the sun, you can do so at DraftKings Sportsbook. Amazing sponsor with us. Obviously, they're the main sponsor of our show. So jump on it while you still can. They have a bunch of amazing offers, whether it be odds boosts or they're bringing back their new sign-up. You get a $1,000 bonus based on your buy-in and your first bet. So jump on it and and get yourself $1,000 free. Because DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, use code DNVR when you sign up. Just make sure. Using DNVR to represent us and get your 1000 bucks. Must be 21 or older Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Depo- deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling prom call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Jumping into today's show, we will get to our free agency preparation, some interesting guys not being qualified, etc. But we do want to wrap up our draft talk a little bit. You've heard us talk for hours on end about the Avs draft, but there are plenty of other teams in the Central Division to cover as well as, as AJ's foot hat gets some love. Ooh, that hat reminds me. Did you see uh, Did you see Adam Werner's new pads, AJ? I have not seen them. Also, this hat isn't new. I wear this hat. Yeah, I, I did. You do have that hat quite often, but yeah, I usually wear it backwards. Yeah, yeah. As MJ points out, I usually do wear this hat backwards. Check out the fire that is Adam Werner's new pads. Shut the f- right. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Those are so badass. The foot ones are. Oh my god, the foot ones are incredible. 
<laughs> give him give him the third goaltender job now. Just don't because mess, of the pads. Don't even mess with Anton Forsberg tomorrow. <laughs> the pads have sold AJ on Adam Warner. Um, all right. So draft from the Central Division. Let's start with Chicago. We'll just uh we'll work our way alphabetically. Uh, can I, before, before we, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. When we get to Minnesota, I want to talk about Rossi. Okay. We can talk about it there. Um, so Chicago takes Lucas Reichel at 17, more or less about expected where he was going to go. They get a, uh, I don't know if I'd say it, call it a high end player, but a guy that's going to be in the NHL for them in the near future. Um, yeah. I, you know, I really liked Reichel coming into the process, but I'm not his fit in Chicago. Like, I like the, I like the pick. I like the player, but kind of where he, he fits in with them is just sort of odd to me. Like, I guess it's just, you know, because I think he's got a slower development time, there's going to be a lot of wait and see. Yeah. But I still, I still think that despite the fact that they've used a lot of picks on defensemen in recent years, they're still weak back there. I, I think a guy like Schneider would have made a lot more sense for them. Yep. Um, Cause Reichel, like where does, where does he really fit in? Did they use, my concern, like one of my concerns with him when we talked about him with Colorado is that he would be like a middle sixer. Right. And because if he if he ends up more as like a third line guy. It's, yeah, it's it's very meh. for a team that isn't pushing for NHLers, but is pushing for high-end talent that they need. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of like with Cout when Colorado took him at 16. Um, it's it's like you're happy if he ends up as like a good third liner for you, but you really want that guy to push for a top six when you're drafting him 16th. Yep. You know, you really want to see that guy maybe take a bigger step forward. Now Cout ends up looking like he's going to be a really good fit whether he's second or third line, you know, we'll see, but with, and, with Reichel, I I'm just, well, and the thing is Chicago didn't follow it up with the picks either. Their second round pick, they go with the second goalie taken in the draft and drew Camesso. And then they take a Landon yeah. Slaggard out of the NTDP, a winger. So yeah. Well, and then they take four defensemen out of their next, right. with the but, next but, five picks. And it's like, okay, instead of a quality defenseman, they took a bunch of lottery tickets basically. Yeah. Yeah, guys that I'm really just not very familiar with, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean they they kind of did go to to some interesting spots. Their second, third round pick out of Minnesota High School, their fourth rounder, one uh, coming out of the Czech Republic Juniors. So, yeah, yeah um, their classes right now, their class is okay. I think Camesso is their best pick, um, but I do really like Reichel the player, and if he develops. He'll be just fine for him. Yeah, they'll you know, they'll find a spot for him. It's just it's just like they've been they've they've had so many dynamic guys, you know, with Doc and uh, DeBrincat, and then they went and they got 
Kubalik. Yep. You know, these are these are like dynamic and Taze. You expect Taze and Kane probably aren't Taze going anywhere on trucking. Yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, you're, you know, your top six kind of kind of built out already. You know, and if they get anything out of Strom or Nylander, great. Yeah. So it's just sort of where Reichel fits. Is like it's kind of where I'm. Kind of a weird question mark. For yeah, them. kind of just where I'm not sold on their class. I mean, even so, a class as a whole, I think you have to like it better than Dallas's class. Uh, if we're moving on to our next one here, and yes, they got Maverick Bork at thirtieth overall, but then they did not have a second or a third. So, well, and and when we talked about it, when yeah. on draft night, uh, just a very odd selection for them. Um, very not their style, not their like. It. It almost felt like they wanted Jake Neighbors and then they didn't know what to do. Yeah, that this is a lot what it felt like to me, to be honest. Um, like you said, Bork, not the guy, the identity that Dallas has built of being a grinded out team has that physical edge that they play with. You're betting against that a lot with Bork. Yeah, it's when, when we talked about how Colorado's class drafted to an identity. Yep. This was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. This is drafting the opposite of your identity, basically. Yeah. Um, with Dallas going not only with uh, with Bork but Stranges. Yep. Both of these guys, like if they if they hit, they work out. They're dynamic offensive talents, and they they bring an element of speed and creativity and playmaking that the stars are absolutely lacking. <laughs> Certainly in the creative department. They're they just don't have, you know, they've got some skaters, but they don't the it's very north south all the time with them. And yep. I I you know, these two picks really break that mold. And so is that are they trying to mix in like try and get like a healthy mixture of guys, or is it a different philosophy or you know is this just did they have the kind of draft where the abs did last year where <laughs> the guys that they really liked got just picked a spot there. before yeah and they kind of felt like uh like we're we're okay with these guys but you know I couldn't you know Heppel kept saying we got beat up yep and I I kind of wonder if the, if the same thing happened with Dallas here where they just missed out on guys that they really liked yeah I don't wouldn't be otherwise. too surprised for sure if that was the case. Um, and, and the not, the Belor the the Belarus Russian kid from uh, the OHL. Yep, the same thing. Like another another like undersized guy where you're you're betting on skill. And okay, they got uh, they got beat by Tampa. So if you can't beat them, join them. I guess. Sure. <laughs> um. Next up, Minnesota. Uh, whatever you want to say about Marco Rossi. Yeah, we had a we had a comment on our show yesterday um, where somebody said I you know I beat up on the Ambrosio pick a little bit because of his lack of height, but I loved Rossi and Rossi's five foot nine. Yep. First of all, Marco Rossi's way better. Yeah. Second, it's not to say that I that. It would be inaccurate to say that we didn't have criticisms of Rossi. I said on our draft show, on draft night, when they made the pick, 
he has to be a center. Yep. And that his biggest question mark is at five foot nine, is he going to be able to play the kind of high end two way game that people envision for him? Because if he doesn't, his him moving to the wing, I don't think is going to be a very successful transition. And so I had a problem with him at five foot nine. I had him dinged for that. The same way that I dinged Ambrosio for being five foot. He's really more like five foot eight. Well, so the I think the bigger difference there though is Marco Rossi, there's a pretty obvious and clear path to him being a top six forward. Also this. Whereas Ambrosio, that path, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's a lot harder to get to. Yeah. And if you're five foot nine, five foot eight, and you're trying to play in a bottom six, that's a hard role to carve out. Yeah. It just, it very, just, they were just different. Um, they're different guys with different question marks and different outlooks. So I, I saw that comment and just figured we'll yep. get to it. The rest of Minnesota's class, I freaking loved. I know you loved Kuznadinov. Uh, obviously, big fan of Kuznadinov. That's they went home run talent on their first two picks. Yep, they went with we're gonna go, we're gonna go with a superstar here. You know, a guy that could be a superstar as well. And yeah, and both centers, both gonna play in the middle of the ice, uh, both a little on the smaller side, but. Um, Kuznadinov is more, uh, more of a high energy. He needs to, he needs to fill out Yeah, his, at five eleven, his height isn't a, as big a problem as it is the one seventy five. He needs to get to more like one ninety, well, especially the way he likes to play hockey. He's got to add some meat on his bones. To yeah. Stand up physically. Well, and cause all that space that he has in Russia is not going to exist when he yeah, comes to North America exactly. and flying through the neutral zone, like a maniac. He's a he's a, he's a missile of a hockey player. He just up and yep. down. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, for them, you know, I didn't like Ryan. We talked about Ryan O'Rourke, first round pick and all that. Didn't like that. But oh, for them to go yeah. Ryan O'Rourke and Damon at, Hunt, I really like that. For O'Rourke too is fine. Yeah, and I really, especially for them, I really liked uh, that combination with with O'Rourke, O'Rourke and Hunt. Um, those are both guys that I think are just really stout defenders. My problem with both is that I don't think that there's any offense there. And especially with Hunt, I don't yeah, see any I, offense there. I I worry about him being Duncan Siemens, kind of. Yeah, but. I don't see any puck skill uh, out of Hunt, but I see a really good defender that he could be he could be a guy uh, that we see a couple years from now trying to uh, trying to put the shackles on uh, Alex Newhook. <laughs> uh, a couple of questions in the chat about what's next for Baron. He will play in the QMJHL with the Huskies or with the, the moose heads this year. Yeah. He is an older, um, he is an older prospect, so he could follow theoretically. He could follow the Timmons route where he plays one year in the CHL in his D plus one, and then immediately jumps into the AHL. Yep. If that's, if he has a good year, he does, you know, you remember Timmons had an amazing D plus one season on a, on a great Greyhounds team. So we'll, we'll see how it goes with Baron and all of that talk, like going to be in the queue. Let's just see how he does. And the queue is happening right now, but Baron, I think he expected to miss at least four weeks because he's coming off of surgery for, yeah. for the issues he was having, but yeah, they fixed the blood clot in his arm. Yep. So 
It's not a genetic thing. So that's just a a freak thing. Yeah. I think that's what was encouraging about the blood clotting and uh, why they were comfortable with it is because with it not being a genetic issue, this isn't like when Tomas Fleischmann was, was here and it was something that was recurring in his life. Next up Nashville. Uh, Obviously AJ very sad about them picking Askarov. Yeah, true. The rest of that class, though, I really like Askarov, and I think Evangelista is a great fit for them. Evangelista with Tomasino. Yeah, that's a mean line. <laughs> yeah, the Byram's going to be in the NHL next year, so I'm not worried about what he, him doing anything for the Eagles in the postseason. <laughs> um, the rest of this felt like there were there were landmines of prospects that I really didn't like that other people were big fans of. And they took two of them in Luke Prokop and Luke Reed. I don't like either one. I didn't like Luke Reed at all either, but there was no offense there. And the defense is just, and that was a, a Chicago steel team that you and I watched quite a bit of between Brisson and Colangelo. So, and Farrell. (laughs) Yeah. Farrell too. (laughs) Uh, but they did take Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. So yeah, we were excited when he got selected just because he was part of our spelling bee. Yep. But that is a twenty-year-old, uh, and you know has gone through the draft a couple of times. Itty bitty little guy that is headed to Northeastern, which is a great school. But I guess it's a seventh-round pick. So yellow. So, yeah. Right. But. Outside of the Askarov pick, this doesn't feel like a super deep draft for them. Yeah, Evangelista. Um, I really like Evangelista. I think that he was one of the more underrated guys. I like that pick for them. It makes a lot of sense. They really need some dynamic guys uh, at forward. And him combined with Tomasino gives them a little bit of a one-two punch, maybe even down the middle. Those guys could both be centers in the NHL. And if they both translate, then that's that's a really nice start for them. If Evangelista ends up on Tomasino's wing, also acceptable, or vice versa. You know, Tomasino plays on Evangelista's wing, that's okay. But it, this is really about Askarov. Yep. Did they just get their franchise goalie for the next yeah. 15 years, whatever? Straight up. Um. Moving on to St. Louis, they were the team that did take Jake Neighbors in the first round a bit before Dallas. So so player-wise, I don't like their draft as much. But drafting to an identity-wise, it's very blues. It is. And, and I think the Neighbors pick is fine, but they didn't have a second. They go with Dylan Peterson in the third round, which would, I'm just – I'm not a fan of those mid-round – guys with size you trying to project a power forward there it just seems like yeah. so rarely they make it to where they need to be well and, and peterson was just a poor man's version of neighbors pretty much and so it's it's very clear that they had they had an idea of what they wanted yep and i liked neighbors quite a bit but as a first round pick you want to see more raw skill uh i like you have to like the try hard you like the physicality you like the willingness to play the way that he does. All of those things are encouraging and good. Uh, the skill level is a concern, especially for a first-round pick, and especially for a wing. If he was if he was a great defensive center to boot, 
you know, even more value. But as a wing, it's just like, did they just draft Val Nachushkin? <laughs> I mean, we'll see in a few years, maybe. <laughs> more Certainly more physical than Val, but... Meh. If he can end up being that good defensively and then with just enough offensive pop to hang around. But yeah, and I mean, you're going down the line with this team and in one of the smallest draft classes in history, they drafted the smallest guy they drafted was 5'11. Yeah. They have multiple guys at 6'4, 6'2, 6 foot. They went very big. Yeah. I mean, they drafted, they drafted, I mean, Kessel and Beck on the on the back end yep. are big defenders. Um, I still don't think Leo Loof is a real person. They, by the way, his twin did not get drafted. Oh, he did not. That's yep. a bummer. Leo and then and Peterson and Neighbors. Yep. You know, Neighbors is only six foot, but he's he already weighs more than Peterson does. Like the guy's a tank. Yeah. So. Very clear that the Blues were after size and that they were, this was their philosophy. This is who they are. So that's, I don't, I don't necessarily like the talent uh, involved in their draft class, but, but for you have to feel like win games two to one, you have to, I mean, you have to feel like this is what they do. This is who they are. This is in their niche. You know, we, we kind of, we kind of bagged a little bit on Dallas for stepping outside of that. True. You know, at least St. Louis is like, okay, here's who we are. We're going to draft to that. We're going to draft to our identity. Yep. You know, Uh, when Jake Neighbors got picked by St. Louis, we all went, yep. Seen that. Yeah, makes perfect sense. (laughs) Lastly, moving on to Winnipeg. Had to be pretty happy getting Cole Cole Perfetti at 10. Super small draft class. (laughs) Four picks, yeah. first round, second round, fifth and sixth. Like I, uh, they, yeah. In the second round, they go out and take take Daniel Torgerson when there were players like Noel Gunler still on the board. Yeah, um, this pick I'm iffy on because I think the talent is there, but my bigger problem was who was still sitting there. Right. I thought the guys that like there was a lot of talent left. Gun- on the Gunler, board. a great example. Gunler yeah. would have been a guy that. Who went like two picks later to Carolina like, or something? I think. Yeah, yeah. Perfetti and Gunler to have walked out of the top forty with those two cats would have been such a win. And as it is, I just have more questions about Torgerson. Yeah, but I loved the Johannesson pick in the fifth round. He's only one hundred and fifty pounds. He's gonna have to bulk up. There are serious <laughs> questions there. But that kid can move the hell out of the puck. That is a that is an, a dynamic def, a, a dynamic offensive talent on the blue line. And if that kid if he can bulk up and he can handle the physical rigors of North American hockey, that's a steal for them. I love that pick. That might have been my favorite pick in the entire Central Division. Wow. Outside of outside of the Avs taking Foodie. All right. Well. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the central division out. Look, who do you think had the best class? The Abs? Um, I don't think I you know, I don't think any of these classes were home runs. Extraordinary, yeah. I agree. I don't look at any of these classes and think, oh my god. I think the team that probably did the most for themselves was Minnesota. But they also had the the most holes. 
And they so come, you take any two centers and you feel like Minnesota did well for themselves. Exactly. But, but they, yeah. but they, the, the, they took what could conceivably be their one and two C's in just two or three years. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I just think that they did so well for themselves and, and the fact that they're going to experience some turnover on defense in the next couple of years. I like both of those guys on the back end for them. I like both O'Rourke and Hunt where they took them. Uh, and as as de- just pure defenders that, again, fitting fitting kind of Minnesota's kind of who they are, like that rough and tumble. You know, they just gave Carson Soucy a three-year deal, and then they just went out and drafted two more of them. So they like that guy. They have success with that guy. I really, I really liked what Minnesota did, honestly. I thought that they had... You know, and then I really liked the the Pavel Novak pick. By the way, um, I remember you and I were talking on. I was I was frustrated when they took yeah. him because I was like, ah, oh. of course Minnesota takes a guy AJ likes. Yeah, they do it every every single year. They take at least one guy that I really like. Last year, last year it was Boldy. This year it's, it was Kuznadinov. So there you go. Um, of the central drafts, I like Minnesota's the best, and I'm sorry to say that because I know that this is an Avs pod. Yeah, that uh, that's something that makes me want to drink. So, Breckenridge Brewery, <laughs> the official beer of DNVR. Uh, if you want the Avalanche Amber Ale, you can get it on tap down at the DNVR bar, or you can pick up any other number of beers down at the farmhouse in Littleton. Get it curbside pickup and save five bucks when you use code DNVR when you call 303-803-1380. Of course, if you're not local, you can always use their Breck Beer Locator to find Breck Brew near you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Real quick, before we jump into free agency, were there any draft class that you really loved outside the Central? Um, I can't say that I looked. Fair enough. I can't. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I kept. I felt like Carolina crushed it. Yeah, I... Um, and going to look at it, Seth Jarvis, Gunler, um, Potomarev, Nikishin... McKeeshin was a guy I really liked in the middle rounds. Zion Nybeck, right before Colorado, picked in the fourth round. I really liked him. Alexander Poshin in the seventh round is... That just makes me want to shout at other teams for letting him get to the seventh round. So, Carolina, I really liked what Carolina did. And I really liked what Carolina did last year, too. Plus the fact that they have a strong development system and a long track record of success. Uh, they are, they are, I think, uh, I think that they are my uh, East powerhouse in the making. I I agree, but I actually liked Toronto's draft better, at least up front, because they got Amaram in the first, Hervonen in the second, and Niamela in the third. All guys okay. I really, really liked. Toby, Toby Niemela is a, is a great fit for them. Yeah. Like, that is exactly what they want what they want to do and he needs to fill out but his IQ is through the roof yep. just constantly makes the right decisions it was um looking at this class yeah you know this is a really good class i do like this ovchinikov at 137 i can tell you uh scouch is going to like that one Villain, Villain, I eh, eh, eh. 
Yeah, I was never super high on him he, either. But. That, like that pairing, I couldn't stand watching Villanueva <laughs> and uh, um, Poirier. I, yeah. I hated when they were on the ice. <laughs> but I like, I, I mean, individual talents at 122, that's fine. Uh, the Mietnin pick at 168, I'm all for that. That's good. And then all these guys in the sixth and seventh rounds. It's like, okay. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why uh, would but, you have that many picks? Why right. would you have six picks in the last two rounds? That's so stupid. Just bought, buying lotto tickets. I'm telling this you. This is the anti-paperclip. Stop selling down. <laughs> <laughs> you started with the mansion and now you have a paper. And you clip. ended up with seven paperclips. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> you didn't get value here. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. need a few more of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, interesting Dude, draft like... class, to say the least. Uh, uh, yeah, Carolina, Toronto, I think both did very, very well. I, I would also like to shout out Ottawa. Um, yep. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team do less with more. Yeah, having 3, 5, and 28. You get Stutzel and Sanderson, fine. But then you yeah. go Greg at 28. It, you know, Greg was their response. The they them making the Shane Bowers pick all over again. Yep, very much. Um, they take Yarventi at thirty three, which okay, whatever. <sighs> didn't like him. I didn't either, but he was a riser. And then they basically blew up their draft by taking Clevin at forty four. <laughs> traded well, and they traded up for multiple yeah. guys. They moved up to get Clevin because <laughs> they only had they had ten picks. They had ten picks in the top one hundred. Yep. And they ended up with seven, one of which went to Pittsburgh for Matt Murray, which I thought was a great start to day two for them. That made a lot of for, for that organization to give up to give up a second round pick when you have four of them to to try to to try to take a chance on getting a long term starter. That I thought that was a great fit for them. A great fit. But the rest of this, this the Greg, Yarventi, and Clevin. I like Sokolov, but not at 61. Um, and then they moved up for this Finnish goaltender. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you until you have a strong opinion on that. Um, yeah. And then, like, I was happy that Cole Reinhardt got drafted, but we've done a lot of watching of that guy, and that's not an NHL player. Just used a draft pick on a guy who has come to Avs training camps because he didn't get drafted. Yeah, and then they didn't sign him multiple yeah, times. Right. I, I'm honestly, and like I. Pierre Dorian in Ottawa is is a super underrated when it comes to the work they do at the draft. But this this class should have been franchise changing, and this feels like a mini disaster. And it feels like they did well with three and five, and everything else is right. Kinda... Like when Sanderson becomes a high level defenseman, and and uh, Stutzla is a is a star center. Everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, that draft class was great, and we're all gonna we're all gonna ignore the fact that. This was a huge opportunity. They whiffed another them. five top 100 picks. In that yeah, class. yeah, definitely. I, I was really, I was so excited to see what they did with their picks. And you know, I just wonder: is there what's the deal? Because New Jersey, I felt like did the same thing. They had three first rounders, and they used the third one on Mukmadulan. Yeah, that was a I, that was a choice. And like, is I loved Dawson Mercer personally, but. Holtz, Mercer, Mukbunduan, that's a there's a really high, there's way too high of a chance when you have three first rounders that you walk out of there with not an impact player. Yeah. And, and then, then 
they back it up with an overage goalie. Well, not overage, but second time through the draft goalie. And then they get Pitlick in 99s, all right. But did like Detroit's work though. I mean, Raymond at four, we'll see, but the player, the player is fine. And then we both liked Wallander. Niederbach was a guy that I had kept a close eye on. Uh, and then uh Cross Annis. I really liked that kid. He was one of my along with Tristan Robbins, one of those guys that I thought was getting underrated coming in. Even getting Vero down at 70, a guy I really liked. But I thought that they had just a just a fine fine draft class. Yeah. So some good drafts out there. Uh, we could talk about them all, but we do need to move on because it's hell week in the NHL and tomorrow is free agent Friday. So uh, not only is it free agent Friday, but over the past week or so, we've been seeing the impacts of a flat cap. Lots of players not getting qualifying offers, including the likes of Anthony Duclair out of Ottawa. A lot of people asking about him. Look, is there some upside there? Yeah, I think so. Should the Avs be interested in it? I doubt it. I I don't. You're talking about a guy who has now one 40-point season under his belt, and the Avs want a legitimate top six player. So, did you know Marcus Nudavara got traded today? Nope. For what? Cliff Poo. For Cliff Poo? Yeah. Like one for one? Yeah. What? Yeah. I was just pulling up, uh, I just pulled up the transactions and. One of those dudes has like an NHL career. Yeah. I would imagine that's probably. The appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Columbus gets to clean out a little bit of money and they get a defender. Florida gets a defender. I guess. Why even pretend to, that you want Cliff Pooh? Just like throw a I mean, that's, seventh on that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that might as well be uh, like future considerations. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, that happened, yeah. but. I literally just saw it and was like, did you know this happened? Because nope. I hadn't seen anything about it, and this is like a thing. Anyway, wow. we're good. Anyway, yeah, back Anthony Duclair, AJ. Uh, Yeah, a lot of conversations about this yesterday. Um, I'm good. Um, no, thank you. Yep. The big, the big thing is, is that you look at the 20 goals and you look at how fast he is and you think, oh, he's an F. But my problem is, is that it continues to remain inconsistent with him and in free agency, uh, they declare coming off a 20 goal season is going to get too much money and he's not going to repeat that performance. If he were to come to Colorado, because he's not going to be, He's not going to play on your top line or anywhere in your top six even. He's not going to get big minutes. He doesn't have top six pedigree. He has two 40-point seasons, but yeah. he also has a bunch of 25-point seasons. I was gonna, so. Aren't they like five years apart? Yeah. And both of them, one of them was driven by him shooting like 19%, yep. and the other one was driven by him playing on a on an Ottawa team that didn't have anybody. Like he's playing like with like Vlad Nemestikov on like their second line, you know, like they the 
that Ottawa team last year, the offense was them. It's it's a mirage. It's not real. Yep. Because that guy's gonna if he's gonna go to a good team, he's gonna end up in a bottom six. He's not coming anywhere close to twenty goals. He needed to play. I mean, even if he ends up on a in the middle six, he's when he's not playing twenty two minutes a night. You're not going to get that production out of him. And you have to, you really have to recognize he is an atrocious defensive player. Yep. Um, no, no argument like, for me there. And a, just an absolutely awful defensive player. And that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> for a guy who can't consistently keep himself in the top six, certainly. Yeah. Like he's got, he has, he has great speed and he has a great shot. He's like a, He's he's like a career like thirteen percent shooter or something like he's he has a legit shot, but bad defensively. P.S. This goes for Andreas Athanasiu. We're also describing him a good shot, great speed, no interest in defense. That's just not no the abs. Let's let's ask that question then because Athanasiu also not QO'd. Would you have more interest in him than no? In uh, no interest either. No hard pass. Yeah. Look, the abs. The abs have a look. Look at what they have open on their on their uh, on their forward core. You expect Cout to move in there somewhere. Yep. That right there puts them basically at twelve. Yep. Um, with Donskoy healthy, that pretty much puts them at twelve. You you really need to, a top six forward. Not like need. You're not like. Oh my God, we're not going to be able to compete without it. You're still if Stanley you're Cup doing contender. something. It needs to be impactful. Yeah, it's a top six forward, and then after that, you're losing Nieto, you're losing Nemesnikov. You're fine with that because you can replace those guys. You know, Jost was a healthy scratch. It's not great. You know, especially because he keeps getting moved around. He doesn't have a consistent role and. Blah, 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 blah. You're still using Comfort as your third line center. It's not great. He's overrated. He'd be a much better, he'd be much better on the wing. But you already have Donskoy there. And if you don't have Donskoy there, then you have Kaut there. Because then you have Nachushkin on the other side. Yep. So you're already in a crunch. If you're if you're gonna where they need to where they need to dedicate resources, where they need to find a, a room at at forward, it's a top six forward. You know, Bobby Ryan on a one-year deal. Mikhail Granlund. You know, even if they wanted it, Craig Smith has unbelievable underlying numbers. As a as a sixth forward in a top six, you could do worse than Craig Smith. That's For me, that's entirely about contract. That's entirely about what the contract... If it's like a five-year deal, hell to the no. But you could do a lot worse than that. Like, because uh, he's got... I mean, Craig Smith has a whole string of his career where he scores 20 goals a year. Fine. I'm good with that. Although that gives you a little that, that makes that makes it between Kadri Burkowski and Smith, it's a little too shooty. Yeah. At that point. Like shooty, but it's a lot of shooty. Yeah. Um but I mean if he look, if like like Colin says two years, four million dollars for Craig Smith, if he would take that, first of all. Uh, his market did not materialize the way he certainly was hoping. But if he, if like, if that's what they end up doing, you could do an a lot worse than that. It's not a big upgrade, 
but you're fine. And I think he's better than Donskoy. So I like it in terms of that's min-maxing. I'm not drinking. <laughs> um, all right. We can take our second period break there. And it is time to acknowledge StravaCraft coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed live. Another product you can get down at the DNVR bar if you want to try it before you commit to an order. When you love it, you can go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off or you can sign up for their subscription service and get 20% off every single time you buy. They have a bunch of different flavors that they're getting in now, and it's been known to help many different aches and pains, migraines, IBS, a bunch of other stuff as well. So give Strava Craft Coffee a try today if you haven't yet. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, let's go back to the goalie market. And I think for the most part, I know what you're going to say. Okay. Not a whole lot of interest in any of these guys. I'll tell you interest in how it plays out. Sure. Because if somebody wants to roll up and make the abs an offer next week when this goalie carousel ends. Yeah. You know, maybe you're open to that and then you go and you fish flurry out of the deep waters of Vegas at this point. Sure. You know, like maybe, maybe that I think they should keep an eye on how this market develops and look, maybe they're in it. I don't, I don't know that they're not, you know, like I've, I've said a couple of times, like Corey, I click Corey Crawford as their backup. I would be okay with, I'd, I'd be down with that. To actively chase a backup when you have one on your roster just feels hard to do, right? Definitely. It's a hard sell. You'd have to be able to trade that guy. Oh, yep. Caps fan. Hi, Caps fan. <laughs> they don't have the money to keep Holt Bay, but he's also kind of not good. So Yeah, you'd be all right with Adam. Yeah, Samsonov <laughs> is the truth. He's fine. <laughs> and this market is so full of goaltenders that you should be able to get a backup. Uh, yeah, whether you want Lundquist. I, I sure. Oh yeah, Hank would be a fun fit there. I hadn't even thought about that, but that would be fun. That they've been tied to him a little bit too. Um, yeah. I mean, you're probably better off than running it back with uh, yeah. Phoenix Copley. Don't don't go get Corey Schneider though. He's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. The the one guy you have been interested in who Vancouver hasn't come to terms with yet is Jacob Markstrom. So yeah, is is that is that the only guy you'd be willing to be in the market for beyond just <laughs> okay? Well, we can go get another backup. Yeah, I All mean, right. I think that's he had a great year. Fair enough. And, like Anton Forsberg is a third goaltender conversation. We'll see if they we'll see if that goes through tomorrow. We'll you know we'll see. But I've heard that I've heard that that's. That's that rumbling. That's the conversation. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. That's a three G though. That's not. Yeah. Uh, and that's a guy. He probably plays five NHL games at most, and they're all in the playoffs. Nah. <laughs> With the Avs luck, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, it, uh, I think outside of big names, Taylor Hall, or making a move when it comes to trading for someone. 
the market is in a weird spot because I think there are a lot of teams that are walking into the, the list of second tier, third tier guys where they're like, well, let's wait and see and how things play out. Yeah. So Colin makes a great point as well that if you get Markstrom, he becomes your starter and then and you know what your starting goaltender's cap hit is through, yep. through the, their window. That's true. Through the next few years. Like you're comfortable then with, because right now they don't know. You know, right now it's you, they're going year by year at goaltender. Yep. Which and like, I, I don't have a problem with yeah. like it's, it's fine because their goalies are solid, but, but if in a yeah. contract year, Gruby throws up a nine thirty save percentage or something, all of a sudden you have to pay. Yeah. Dude. And now you're talking this, you pass fast forward and you're talking about paying that guy six and a half million dollars. And it's like, son of a bitch. Yep. So. That's going to be tough to do. So, yeah, it's I don't have a great feel for this free agent market. And I think very few people do, Um, you know, certainly outside the obvious of you. If you're a competent GM, of course, you've talked to Taylor Hall. Of course, you've talked to Alex Petrangelo. Sure, you've talked to a bunch of other guys as well, but. We've seen a lot of people talking about it on Whoa. both sides, both on the team side and on the agent side for the players. There's some ground to cover here because teams don't care about comparable contracts at all because of the flat cap. But players are saying, look, I want to get paid as much as I'm worth. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's going to be interesting and there are going to be situations where teams absolutely overpay. There are, that always happens every year in, in regular free agency. The Columbus Taylor hall thing, I think is interesting. Yeah. If you look at, you look at Columbus, um, they don't have a ton of caps, but they only have 9 million cap space. That's after dumping Nudavara. Yep. But they have to sign Dubois. And that ain't going to come cheap. And it's like, how do you fit Dubois and Hall into $9 million? You're going to have to find something else. To get rid of, yeah. Yeah. You know, do you... I I mean, I'm curious. Does does somebody try and... Rip something out of there for cheap? Yeah. Does somebody try and... Like, if they're willing to retain a couple mil on Brandon Dubinsky, do they just move on him? Because he's not good anymore. And he's he's only got one year left. They're 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 the team because them being involved so heavily involved in the uh, in the Taylor Hall thing is interesting because something has to happen there. Well, and this is a team that already went out and got Max Domi. Yeah. So they and Max Domi became their fifth forward, making more than five million dollars. So they have so, a lot of money invested up there already. And the, the Corpusalo, you know, they've been, there've been a lot of talks about them maybe being willing to move on from either Corpusalo or Merce Leakins. There's money there that they could move. Do you think there's any talk of them into moving one of their big D men? Like one of the big two? Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. But I'd I'd be willing to bet that with one year left until UFA, Ryan Murray's in play. Sure. I'm just 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're just trying to make room, that's four point six million dollars off your books if you want to want to make a big play for Hall. Yeah, because you, I mean, Dubois and Hall. That's gonna be you have to find it. Dump truck of money. Yeah, because like even if they even if they did Corpusalo for Francos straight up, it only saves them eight hundred k. I, you're right. I mean, the def, the goaltending position is hard for them to, to save a lot of money there. The yeah. the Ryan Murray's of the world, the Brandon Dubinsky's are where, you know, you get a forward coming back on an ELC or, you know, cheaper than $2 million, and that's where you're saving significant money. Yeah. They, uh... So... I, I don't know, man. I'm... It, it's... What world are we living in where Columbus is our big player in free agency? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think what the, about. What the hell is going on here? Well, it, I, We're I, about I, to hit a, a market tomorrow where there are legitimately good defenders available, and we're all sitting here talking about like Taylor Hall and Craig Smith and shit. Yep. Like Tyson Berry, TJ Brody, Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug. All of those guys are going to market. In 24 hours. But there's no feel on where they're going to go. There's nothing. It's so weird, dude. Yep. Everything. I, I tweeted it out that it feels like it feels like that feeling when you're standing outside right before a thunderstorm and yep. like the clouds are overhead yeah. and it's like really quiet and it's really still. And then you fast forward 90 minutes and it's, you know, all hell is broken loose and it's like thunder and lightning and tornadoes and shit. And like, that's what free agency is going to feel like tomorrow because so few of the big dominoes, big dominoes have, have fallen. fallen. Yeah. There's nothing. So the D, the D will be very interesting. The forward core will have to see. I'm sure all of you have seen the abs have been tied to Taylor Hall with questionable legitimacy, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all over the place. You get some yep. some guy that works for the score saying they've got a short term deal last night. You get Friedman today saying Sackick is telling everybody under the sun who will listen that they're not involved in it at all, which I don't for one second believe. <laughs> well, I I just don't. I it's all uh, it's all questionable wanders anyway because there is no tampering period. Anymore, it's just so. a ton of noise right yep. now. It's like a wall of noise. Like you, you just like it, it's like three stereos playing at once at max volume in different genres, and you're just like. So, if if you want to experience the crescendo, the result with us, AJ and I will be going live for a casual stream at 10 a.m. Mountain tomorrow. Yeah. So here's the plan for tomorrow, and I'm actually glad somebody asked this question because I totally forgot we were doing this already. <laughs> Um, the free agency opens up at noon Eastern, which is 10 a.m. our time. We're going to go live like here on YouTube and stuff. Yep. And that we're just going to hang out and just to hang out with you guys. And we're going to be working phone and, you yep. know, we'll be whatever. It'll be a casual stream where we're hanging out, watching free agency develop. Yeah, so. it won't be. It won't be like a sponsored segments and any of this other stuff. And then when that's done, like when and a presumably if the abs do something and they put a lid on it and they, they say, Hey, we're going to have our conference call and that's it. Uh, then we will do, 
the conference call will happen and we'll go do our proper Friday show. Here's what the Avs did in free agency. Exactly. Then we'll have a podcast in the afternoon about it, an actual proper show. For the record, that rumor, the the rumor about the Avs with with Stamkos, that shit has been going around since the finals ended. I told Rudo about that like two days after the cup was was awarded. Yep. That Colorado and Stamkos have that they have been pursuing Stamkos. And and I think that's part of why everything is so quiet is there are a lot of teams working on trades. I'm not saying that one specifically. Right. But teams are trying to get value out of other teams because that's the other side of this flat cap is teams are dumping dudes. Marcus Nudavari just got traded for Cliff Poo. Right. So yeah. you can find value in the trade market as well. Yeah, well, and arguably the Avs, um, I'm telling you, Bowen Byram's going to be in the NHL. Um, and, and he's at least going to get the nine games. And if that's the plan, like, somebody somebody that's coming off that, the, yeah, somebody coming to. off their, their top six last year has to get moved. Yep. So tomorrow should be a lot of fun. I have no idea what to expect from from Avsland on. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a flurry of activity. I don't think we're going to like last year, where you know July first last yeah. year, they signed Donskoy. Twenty minutes later, they signed Belmar. They call the lid. We do a conference call. Forty minutes later, they trade for Nazem Kadri. I yeah. don't think it's going to be like that, but it could be. I would expect maybe at most like one cool. signing, maybe. And, maybe a trade. And this is this is kind of why we wanted to do the hangout stream is because even yeah. if the Avs don't do a ton, some team is going to do something real dumb tomorrow and I can't wait to to have fun with it. <laughs> it's going to be fun like to see what the, what happens tomorrow when when like this is a solid free agent class. Yep. And that there are a lot of good players and there are there were a handful more added in the qualifying offer, you know, Nick Cousins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera who's a really good fourth line player who's now free to go. Um, those there's a lot, there's a lot of good players in this, in the market that are going to help reshape the league. And I'm excited to see how it plays out again. Don't know how involved Colorado will be, but it'd be, I mean, if they land Taylor hall, that'd be a lot of fun for us. If they don't, and he goes elsewhere, then we'll talk. We'll have something to talk about. Yeah. So come I'll hang out with us. It should be another fun day. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some residual effects over the weekend and all of that. But after that, we have no idea when the next NHL event is going to happen. Yep. The, so, officially, the, they moved the hoped start date January to January 1 now. Yeah. January 1, which puts us, is there even a preseason? Yep. What does training camp look like? We don't even know. I, when they said January 1, my immediate thought was, okay this is going to look a lot like the shortened lockout season. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what the preseason looked like. It was, there wasn't one because they were locked out and then things got going very, very quickly. I mean, there was one camp and then started the season. Yeah. And, and then it was a 48 game season. The other side of this being NBCSN basically says, we're not going to air you. If you try to compete with the Olympics, Oh, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a nightmare for NBC, an exclusive contract in the United yeah. States for the Olympics. Yep. And then you've got like the Stanley Cup playoffs, which, by the way, you kicked down the road so that you could air the freaking Kentucky Derby. Yep. So they clearly, yeah, 
So the NHL season basically has to be done by July. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's the start date that I care about. They're going to go through a regular. This is how they get back on schedule is yeah. that they, they get done at the they same do time. As much season as they can and then ha- award the cup in June like normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then have a regular off season and then we're back on schedule, but yeah. the season will be the thing that well, we're not coming close to 82. It's no. going to be like 60 games most. Yep. So Which whatever may fun. come, we'll be covering it for you. You know how it is. Um, we're going to wrap up today's show. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. And if you want to join us, hang out all the time, not just tomorrow's stream, join WGT Golf, the world's most loved golf game by more than 20 million players around the world. You can play on your computer, on your phone, however you prefer. You can jump in and out super easy, challenge someone anytime you want, play in our tournaments that we have on weekends. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download and search for DNVR3 to get into our third clubhouse before we have to start up our fourth that's it for today um yeah i guess i hope to see all of y'all in the chat for tomorrow hanging out and making fun of teams who make bad free agency moves until then we'll catch you later